Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. War, God and you fighting for you. If I can draw your attention to verse 15 and 16, and really it's a passage I I'm sorry, I've read the Bible through more than once. I don't know if I really remember this passage all that clearly where the the Bible says that Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. And he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. You ever been in a fight? And you didn't know it was a fight until it turned into a fight? You ever been in a situation where you was talking and you you were making somebody mad? You kind of knew a little bit that you were making them mad, but you didn't really know that the fight was happening until the fight broke out. I have a story of that happening to me when I was about 10 years old. I was 10 and I was in my neighborhood and I was around my living in Boston where I'm from. And I was in the face talking junk of somebody bigger than me. I don't know if you've ever just been feeling yourself and talked a whole lot of noise and a whole lot of junk to somebody bigger than you. I was in the face of this big boy. He outweighed me probably by about 40 pounds. He was the same age as me, but he was bigger than me and he was taller than me and he was heavier than me. And I didn't care. I got in his face and I was telling him about himself. I I was not big then I was not this strapping lad that I am right now I was just a little thing but I had a mouth I don't know if you've ever been little and had a mouth I don't know how many folk I had a mouth on me boy I could talk and I was in his face and I was telling him something and I was talking I didn't think nothing was gonna happen before I knew it he hauled off and hit me Bang! I didn't even see the hit coming. He hit me so quick while I was still talking, he hit me. My mouth was running and he hit me. He hit me, knocked me down and jumped on top of me, laid all that weight on me and just leaned on me and was like, what you got to say now? And I was trying to talk calm to him like, I'm sorry, relax. He was like, oh, all that talk. And he was just leaning himself on me and rubbing my face into the ground and I I was thinking, boy, I am in trouble now. And I heard in the distance somebody yell, get off my brother. I have a brother named Matthew who's four years younger than me. He he was six at the time, but he was a thick little six. He was a squat little six. He was a tough little six. To be honest, he was a tough six. 
from me whooping his behind. That's how come he was so tough. But but he was someone who drove me crazy and antagonized me and bothered me and got on my nerves as my little brother. But I tell you what, he saved me that day. I heard him yell, get off my brother. And I looked over and he ran over and jumped, landed on the back, put his little squat chubby self on the back of that boy. That dude let me go. He rolled off me. My brother stopped him. I stopped him. And then we looked at each other and we ran home before he got up. I don't know if you are right now finding yourself in a fight that you did not know you were in. I don't know what kind of trouble your mouth has got you into. I don't know what life has done. I don't know what you're going through. And I really don't know what you've been through. All of the thousands in the room, all of the thousands watching around the world, I don't know your story. I don't know your testimony. But I do know that as your brother, the church, even though we may antagonize you sometimes, even though we may bug you sometimes, we feel like our call as your brother is to tell the devil to get off of you and to help you stop the enemy out so you can run on home and see what the end's going to be. We're fighting for you. Can you hear our steps? We're walking around praying in this room, fighting for you. They, they practice all that worship and all that jumping to fight for you. I hope you can hear us running. Hope you can feel our passion for God to fight for you and for you to fight for you. Bible says in Exodus chapter 17, and we looked at this passage a little bit on Sunday, I mean last night, but I didn't really get to break it down, but I'm going to break it down just a little bit this morning. We looked at it last night, it says in Exodus 17 verse 8, that the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. They not even at Canaan yet. The Lord has set the children of Israel free from Egypt. They're on their way to blessing, and on their way to blessing, an attack comes. I think a part of the reason why I'm just feeling so violent and got on armor and got swords and stuff out is because I'm on my way to a greater place than where I am now. Who is with me today? I'm on my way to greater. I'm on my way to more. I'm on my way to Canaan. I am looking to eat it in the land. I, I, I'm so over just confessing it in a church room. I want to actually sup the wine of joy. I actually want to experience everything that life offers me. I'm on my way to Canaan. Nothing's going to stop me. Ain't nobody going to stop me. Ain't no one going to stop me. Listen, I love y'all and Moses is awesome, but I'm not interested in really being Moses. I want to be Joshua. I want us to be a Joshua generation. I want us to take territory. I want us to put our feet someplace and go somewhere. I want us to change the trajectory of our people in this generation. I'm not waiting another minute. I want us to do something 
something great for God. Am I by myself? I want us to do something great for God. But, but I realize that on the way there, an attack will come. On their way to Canaan, they get attacked. On the way there, you ought to expect an attack. Don't be surprised when an attack comes to you on your way to awesome. Just because you're on your way to awesome don't mean it's time to let your guard down. Just because you don't got your dream job, this is not the time to let your guard down. Just because stuff seems to be going your way, understand on your way to Canaan, the Amalekites can come through. My question of the text, and I don't know if you're asking this question, and I certainly have asked it and have some answers, is who are the Amalekites? If you're familiar with the Old Testament, read your Bible, know anything about God's people, and I, I'm only familiar with it, not just so I can know it, because it's my job to know it, but so that I can help you as God's chosen people. To understand how these passages relate to your battle. Who are the Amalekites? If you're familiar with the history, you know the children of Israel are always having something going on with the Amalekites. It's just a regular basis. On a regular basis, the Amalekites are in the Negev. And they're, they're just having a battle with the Amalekites. Who are the Amalekites? Who are the sons of Amalek? Well, just from a historical, historical perspective, number one, Amalek is Esau's grandson. And Esau is Jacob's brother. So you got Jacob and you got Esau. And so Amalek is a grandson of Esau, meaning that the Amalekites is kind of family. Uh, the, the Amalekites is somebody distantly related to the children of Israel. And I'm sad to say that when you're on your way to Canaan, some of the first folk you got to watch for is folk who you share blood with. Because the minute you break out of your Egypt and you start taking territory, they going to be somebody upset that you are going in a direction that they wish they could go. And jealousy is an evil thing. And one of the great challenges is that we have a tendency to try to take everybody with us just because they related to us. I'm sorry, but if you're going to be great, one of the first things you're going to have to learn is that if your father and your mother forsake you, the Lord will take you up. Jesus said, don't think I came just to bring peace on the earth. I came to bring a sword. I actually came to turn mothers and fathers against their children, brothers and sisters. Jesus said, 
a man's enemies will be members of his own household. And we are surrounded by people who have the talent and the gifting to be great and are pulled down by a connection from their past. And they end up robbed when they should be rich because they couldn't let the losers go that they shared blood with. I'm not saying the blood you came from isn't important, but the blood you make, the family you make, has got to be just as great as the family you came from. I'm sorry, I hate to just say it like this and be this way, but the truth of the matter is that if you gonna be great, you gonna have to be prepared for the Amalekites. The Amalekites are nomadic raiders. Even if we get off of the family, because they distant. I mean, Esau's grandson, this is hundreds of years later. It's not like they know them. The Amalekites are, are nomadic raiders. The Amalekites are folk who at times have a place that's permanent and at times live in existence that's very sporadic. The Amalekites are a group of folk who have a land, kind of. They have a land in the Amalekites, but they also are roving and raiding. And so they have a land that's kind of theirs, and then they have a land, and then in a way they don't, and so they're, they're displaced. The Amalekites are, are somebodies who don't really have a place and they like to come in and mess with folk who do. The Amalekites, in a sense, beloved, is the embodiment of trying to keep you from having a place you call your own. The Amalekites, in a sense, is the embodiment of renting. It's the embodiment of owing. It is the embodiment of debt. Because the minute you get your check, it's gone. Because the minute you get your money, it go to everybody else but you. And by the time the month is over, you barely have enough and you waiting for your next check to come. I know I'm not just talking to myself. The Amalekites is the embodiment of a system that keeps you from having a place that you can call yours. The Amalekites is the embodiment of a random attack that seems to always keep you just one step away from really experiencing victory in the earth, particularly when it comes to the consistency of your life. 
I know I'm not the only one that's familiar with the Amalekites in that way. It seems like every time I'm just about to get there, it seems like every time I'm just about to get over, something want to come through and something want to break. Washing machine don't want to work and this car don't work and this thing don't. It just seems every time it's like I'm about to get over, something pulls me back under. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. I love my children, but my, but my children even open up another door for the enemy to be able to attack me in this Amalekite way. Nobody want to say amen on that one. But they started spending money I didn't have and money they thought I had. And I had money and they thought I had it and, they, and I'm giving them stuff and they don't respect it. And the next thing you know, something is burnt up and something is flipped over. Y'all ain't got to say amen. And because they kind of have respect for your lights, but they don't. They care about your light bill, but they don't. They care about your water bill, but they don't. You walk down the hall and you hear a shower running. I'm trying to figure out who is this shower for. Now you are, I go in there and turn the shower off. And then I go and I'm trying to figure out who is this shower for. And somebody's sitting there watching TV half dressed saying I'm letting the water get hot. I said, boy, it don't take more than a minute to get the water hot. My daddy would have kicked you out the house. You ain't got enough money to flush the toilet one time and you just in here running my water. I can't wait till they get their own. I don't know about y'all. I can't wait till they get their own. I'm going to go stay there. I'm going to run their hot water. Oh, yes, I am. I'm going to use up all their toilet. Yes, I am. I'm going to wipe myself 50 times. They're going to come and see a big old ball of tissue in the, in the toilet, in the trash pan. What is that? Oh, I don't know. I just, I needed to wipe extra today. It is this, this, uh, this thing that somehow always keeps you right on the verge of under. The interest rates go down, so the prices go up. But now, since there's financial inflation and trouble, blah, 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 we now are going to raise the interest rates so that now your property isn't worth what it was worth when the interest rate was lower. So that now the rich can get richer and the poor can get poor. So that the Amalekites can come back through and raid again. So that somehow, just when you was about to get out, it pulls you back in. I feel it for us, world overcomers. I'm telling you right now, we are in this building. We have 140,000 square feet of space right now that we've been leasing for 10 years. We are trying to build 100,000 square feet of space. That's 40,000 less space than we have now. Right now, we are paying monthly more than it will cost us.
to own a, our own space. It is clear we have the capacity, but all hell done broke loose because the Amalekites will let you lease, but will fight you when it's time to own. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. They will give you a loan to buy a Cadillac, but they won't give you a loan for you to have your own business because they want you under their boot. Oh, they'll give you a loan for something that's a liability, but try to get an asset. Try to get something that will make you money. Try to get something that is worth more than you pay for it, and somehow they'll tell you it's less. The Amalekites is that system. Can I just break that off? Can I put this sword down? Can I just stretch my hand out prophetically, apostolically, and break that curse off of you right now? In the name of Jesus, for our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but angels and principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms to try to always keep you under. We bind that. We rebuke that spirit. That is unleashed against God's people. People that got a prayer life. People that got a worship life. People that got a praise life. This is my point, Pastor Al. My point is, is yeah, I want us to pray. But don't pray and stay ignorant. Don't pray and not have some investments. Don't pray and not have some rental property. Don't pray and drive around and look at commercial real estate and don't own none. Let's not build more churches than we build wealth in our own community. What happened is they taught us church and we built church. I need a witness in the building in here. I'm talking square biz to you, baby, square. I'm talking war, what is it good for? I'm saying at some point, we got to get sick and tired of always asking God for a blessing. I want the Lord to bless me. I do. You know how I want him to bless me? I want him to bless me with some property. I speak that right now. I want him to bless me with an inheritance. I want him to bless me with a gift and a surprise. I want him to bless me with a gift and a talent. I want him to bless you with a raise. I want him to bless you with that new spot you're looking for. I want you to have exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. What's the point of all this praising and don't have faith for your own stuff what you in here shouting over you ought to be in here shouting over your stock portfolio you ought to be in here shouting over that land you trying to get you ought to be in here shouting over the cars you got in Turo at some point you got to get sick of Owen I'm just speaking this in the name of Jesus. At some point, we got to stop just being priests and we got to be kings and queens up in here. The Amalekites are the physical embodiment of the enemy. In other words, the Amalekites is whoever stands against God's people. 
When I looked it up historically and did my research and my study, they broke down historically the Amalekites, but they also communicated in the study that, especially with Jewish people, the word Amalekite began to be a term that could be used for anyone that stands against God's people and has a plan for God's people that is destructive. In a sense, they thought of the Nazis as the Amalekites. Just another strategic attack against folk who have faith in God. Because our our warfare is not just against flesh and blood, but angels and principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms, that there is a strategic archangel attack ultimately against God's people. And as you get older, you realize that most of us have an Amalekite problem. I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that, elders. Most of us have an Amalekite problem. Most of us who are dealing with a challenge are dealing with an Amalekite challenge. If you bought a house for 280 and paid 280, you'd be in a better situation than you buying a house for 280 and paying 480. Because you had to pay the Amalekites their interest first. That, 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 that we have an Amalekite problem. And if I could take it a step further, most of us have an Amalekite problem like a roach problem. Most of us have an Amalekite problem that we only see when the lights come on. And they go scurrying and running. Y'all don't need to look at me like that. Don't act like y'all don't know nothing about no roaches in here. The devil is a liar. <laughs> that, that you, what I'm saying is, is we don't really know that there's an Amalekite problem till somebody turn on the lights. We just hippie skippy dump jumping on down and just running and spending money and, and giving everything back that they gave us right out of our community. And we're just running. We can't wait to give them Amalekites our money back. And until somebody actually says something, we're not really all that aware. And one of the things that I found out in my over 50 years on the planet, I won't tell you how much it's my business, although you might already know, but it's okay, is the biggest Amalekite is me. <laughs> because most of my problems come from stuff I did. Decisions I made. Come on, talk to me, gentlemen. People I slept with. Oh, help us. Folk I tapped. Stuff I did. Places I went. Who I let twerk on me. Talk to me, dudes. Most of my challenges 
have to do with me. It's me standing in need of prayer. Oh, we'll shout when I say your hater and your enemy. But you got to be careful when the biggest enemy against you is you. And when I think about war and I think about a battle, the first thing I think about is we got to fight for you first. Now, one of the ways in which many of us were miseducated theologically, and uh, if this is not you, okay, it doesn't apply to if you, you brand new to church, okay, awesome. But most of us, the way we were taught was you are immediately a soldier in God's army. You give your life to the Lord, and immediately we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. I got my war clothes on in the army of the Lord. I got it. The idea of being a soldier in the army of the Lord. The problem is that even in God's army, if we don't fix you first, you can't fight Come on, talk to me. I'm a black preacher. Talk to me. Talk to me. Come on, talk to me. Tell me something. Tell me something. You know what I'm saying. That the, ch that the children of Israel prayed for a deliverer. The Lord told them, I'm going to take you to a land flowing milk and honey. But when they got to the land in Numbers 13, they weren't able to take it because they seemed like grasshoppers in their own eyes. So even with God on their side, even with Moses as a leader, even with Joshua as a leader, Joshua and Caleb are saying, oh, surely we can do it. But if, if they, if it's a hard thing to do to fight a battle of conquest with a slave mentality. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. I need a witness. I need a witness. And one of the reasons why Moses got so frustrated was because Moses was raised in the palace. So Moses was related to the slaves, but he did not have a slave's mentality. Because he was raised in the king's house. He was raised with weaponry. He wasn't raised with a plowshare in his hand. He was raised with a sword in his hand. And he ended up with all kinds of stuff like fussing and grumbling and complaining and back talking and disagreement and a lack of unity. And he thought, what is this? Well, Moses, you know now, that is what happens when you try to turn slaves into a battle force. And so, beloved, the first thing we got to do <laughs> if we are going to take territory is we have got to work on us. 
We have got to break free from the slave mentality that our ancestors had that is reinforced in our theological practice. Because my problem with our Christianity is that it does not serve us properly. That the Jesus we were given was not a Jesus to set us free. It was a Jesus to keep us singing. And hearing us singing in the fields was a good thing. But how can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? And so when I think about the battle, the fight, when I think about the war, the first thing I think about is the war for you. The battle for you. It's one of the reasons why we're getting ready to start this consecration. That was weak. It's one of the reasons why we're getting ready to start this consecration. Because at the beginning of every year, World Overcomers, we give the first 40, the first 36 days of the year to God in prayer and fasting and consecration. We're trying to get you to give God something. I said, we're trying to get you to give God something. Because we realize that all of us are Drug addicts. Thought I'd get an amen on that one. Everybody in here is a crackhead. Now your crack may be different than mine. This year, I'm telling y'all right now, gentlemen, dudes, this year, <laughs> bro, what I'm trying to do is I am trying to get off of this right here. This is my drug. This is sugar. White lines. This is my white lines. This is what I pour on the table. This is what I chop up and line up. I don't want to make lines too well because I don't want you to be like, what was Pastor Andy doing on his sabbatical? But this, this is, this is what I want to, this is my drug. Don't act like I'm the only one because I rebuke every Oreo demon and I rebuke every peach cobbler demon and I rebuke every biscuit demon that you about to go get right now and I bind white sugar in the name of Jesus. All your little girly Starbucks drinks. If you a dude in here and you know what to get at Starbucks is because you have a woman in your life because Starbucks is the most complicated, half-caffeinated, decaffeinated, half-calf with a sprinkle of cinnamon and sugar and a, and a slider. I... 
what I get at Starbucks is something my daughter, my daughter got it for me. And I'm like, oh, I like this. And I told her, tell me what it is. I had to put it in my phone. It ain't even on the menu no more. I don't care. I make the making because it's the only thing I know. <laughs> Chocolate almond milk espresso. And they say, what size? I say large. My daughter's like, Fenty, and I'm like, I'm paying $6 for a drink. There was a time when you could get a whole meal for $6. Get out of here. There was a time when you could take a girl out for $6. $6 for flavored water, and you want me to change my language? I want it large. Fenty, get out of here. Let me get this off before I. <sighs> I'm trying to get you to give God something. I said, I'm trying to get you to give God something. I'm trying to get you to give God bread. I'm trying to get you to give God some rice. I'm trying to get you to give God that sweet tea. Trying to get you to give God that coffee. I'm trying to get you to give God that sugar. I'm trying not, don't give God nothing easy. I gave God peas. No, no, no. I'm trying to get you to give God something that you'll miss. What you fasting from? Salad. No, no. Green vegetables. No. I want you to give God something that when you walk past it, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want you to give God something that you'll miss. Now listen, if you didn't know, it's because you weren't trying to know. But now you know. I'm going to give you the rest of today. I'm going to give you tomorrow. Eat and drink, eat, be merry, because Tuesday we all die. Go eat your rib, go eat your last piece of bacon, and then give God meat. Somebody said, too far, too far. Somebody get that heavy breastplate off him. He lost his mind. Give God something because denial is one of the ways you fight you. You can't fight you giving you everything you want. You can't fight you if you can't tell you no. You will never be able to fight you if you can't control you. And self-control is the one fruit of the Spirit that we never talk about. We all want a prayer language and don't got no self-control. We all want to speak in tongues and have a choir robe that's an 8X. But I would contend that you need to fight for yourself. Because you can't help me fight against the Amalekites. And you can't join with us to fight this battle if you are weak in yourself. You're going to have to do some fighting. And the first one you got to fight is you. 
You got to fight what you put in your mouth. I want one more amen on that one. You should be drinking water all day. You ought to drink so much water that your urine is clear. If you have dark urine, you need Jesus. And water. What goes in your mouth, what comes out of your mouth. Let's start the new year off right. No negative talk out your mouth about yourself. If anybody ought to love you, it ought to be you. Everybody's searching for a hero. People want someone to look up to. I never found anyone to fulfill my needs. A lonely place to be. And so I learned to depend on me. Part of the challenge of the kingdom and church is we want everybody else to be our hero but us. Don't listen. I, 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 listen, got you. I'm your pastor. We're your elders. We're your leaders. We're your pastors. We will definitely pray for you. And February 1st is this war council. We're having this whole war party. and We're going to pray. But you know what? You ought to be able to pray for yourself. All this Jesus and all this praising and all this oil and all this. You ought to have your own bottle of oil and you ought to have your own prayer life and you ought to have your own Holy Ghost and you ought to have your own in the name of Jesus and you ought to have your own whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You got to have your own armor on and pray. I can only pray for you but so much. We can only pray for you but so much. At some point, you got to pray for you. Because what comes out of your mouth is almost as valuable as what goes into your mouth. And I can't bless you if you curse you. So when I look at the armor, and I'm out of time, but when I look at the armor, I'm going to pick this up uh, this next week. Anybody hear a word from the Lord? I know I'm all over the place. But when I, when I think of the armor, the first thing that I think about is the armor is given for you to fight you. Before you start focusing on all the other Amalekites I named, <laughs> got you but number one in 2023 let's just make it so that you are not allied against yourself because a house divided against itself cannot stand and the first one you got to get on your side is you God is already fighting for you but God can't fight for you against you. And so when I look at the armor, when I look at the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and your feet fitted and the shield of faith and, and the sword of the spirit, and uh, when I look at that, what I really see is we got to get you together. We got to get me together. I, I got to get me together so that I 
am not an enemy of my own destiny. The easy thing is to overly blame the demonic. It's what a lot of us were taught. It's a lot of the theology we were taught. Devil's trying to do this. Devil's trying to do that. Devil tried to attack me here. Devil tried me to attack me there. Devil came in here. Devil took this. Devil took that. And we have a hard time admitting, actually, 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 that was me. I wanted that. I wanted to go there. I wanted to do that. I made a decision. I knew what I was doing, but I thought it would be okay. And now I find myself fighting over decisions I made. I, I just want to ask just a really easy, simple question just to see if anybody can relate to me. Is there anybody in here right now that is dealing with results of decisions you made? Can you just wave at me so I know I'm in the right place and this is my church? Thank you very much. That even though the Lord has forgiven you, there's still some reaping to what you did. The Lord is now on your side helping you with stuff you did that you can't change. Just know, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that God's not with you. It doesn't mean his favor's gone. It doesn't matter of fact, the Lord loves you so much that he will even help you with the result of the mistake you made. That's how good my God is. My God is so good that you can tell him that you blew it. And he'll say, that's all right, I got you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness, meaning that he's ready to have our back as we deal with the consequences of the stupid we did. And I'm praying that the Lord will bless you and me just so that we can be wealthy enough to deal with the mistakes we made in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and our 50s. Because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And everybody in here needs the grace of God. And everybody in here needs the mercy of God. And everybody in here, without God, you wouldn't have made it to this year. But God spared your life and brought you a mighty long way. But now, we got to get some armor on to make you to be strong against the dumb that is you who help us Holy Ghost we got to get a helmet of salvation on so you can get your mind right if you're gonna preach past any just preach it no I'm not gonna preach it I'm out of time I'm gonna preach it next week but but just know here in the beginning this first month the first part of this war is us fighting for you I'm going to break down how to get the victory over yourself. Now, the start of it, I know, the start of it is starting on Tuesday. I want you to give God something. I want you to give God something. Let's not let the Muslims outfast us. 
Let's not be surrounded by folks that can fast from sunup to sundown from Ramadan. Maybe your consecration is going to be one meal a day. Maybe it's sunup to sundown. That was a, I only got one amen on that one. Maybe it's sunup to sundown. Maybe you say, when the sun comes up, I'm not eating. Now, sun up to sundown don't mean you then eat from sundown to sunup. No, it just means that you break it at the end. I want you to deny yourself something physical for a spiritual purpose. Some of you need to get off that Instagram. Oh, nobody said amen on that. Some of you need to give your TV a rest. Some of you need to give them shows a rest. Because it's a gate. And spend that time praying. Talking to God. I'm going to talk about how to pray. Because prayer is about fixing you. More than it is even really about fixing anybody else. Because alone with God and that communion with God, it takes you to another place in Him. So that you will be able to stand. So that when your day of evil comes, you will be able to stand. First, you get you together. Then, once you fight for you, then you fight for your tribe. You figure out who's with you, you figure out who's on your side, you figure out who love you, you figure out who don't, and you stop spending time with people who don't love you and ain't on for your side and don't cheer for you and don't have your best interest at heart. You got to tribe up. You got to figure out who is supposed to be with you and who is not. Then you can fight for God. Can't fight for God with enemies at home. Makes it almost impossible. You got to get you together. You got to get your tribe together. Then you can fight for God. And when you decide to fight for God, you have to find an army to fight with. That's why we are together. To do kingdom, not just church. If you heard a word from the Lord, put your hands together and praise him. Can we give? Can we give? If you need an offering envelope, I just we've been taking up building fund offerings. And beloved, we are... We are on our way to this building, okay? We are on our way to this land deal. We own the land already. We are in negotiations. We are moving forward. I need you to give. Around the world, I need you to give. World Overcomers, in our 20-year history, we really haven't been a second offering church Anyone who's been here a long time will admit we haven't really been a second offering church. We haven't really been a light bulbs offering and a ceiling tiles offering and a, and a, a rug offering and pastor's special apple juice offering. But we haven't been that kind of church. We mostly have been a church where just your tithes and your offerings is what it was. But these last couple of years, as we are marching and moving, I have this dream of us leaving this building. I have this crazy dream of us leaving this building, marching down Miami. We're gonna stop traffic. 
Take a left on 70 and march to our new space. It will make the news. I have this dream that this Victory Park will be more than a church. It's not just a church. Our church will be in it. It'll be our new home. But my vision is for something that will impact the community, our community, our people. I want a place where our people can come and find help. I don't want them to only get help from the Amalekites. Because the Amalekites' help comes with strings attached. I want our people to be able to walk onto our campus and get counseling and guidance counseling and, and job help. And I want to do economic fairs and job fairs and all the stuff that being on this campus has kept us from being able to do. Half the stuff I want to do, they won't let me do here. I can't wait for us to get out of here. Be on 70 with all that curb appeal and be able to then be more than just a church building but this whole athletic center and community events and, and even our sanctuary will be our sanctuary but I also see it being something that can even be rented out for stuff in the community and the arts and, and I, that Christmas experience that they could have been on the D-Pack I'm trying to tell you right now I'm believing that God's vision for us is bigger than just for Christians can I get a witness in the building? So I need you to give $10, $20, $30, $40, $50. Especially now that you're about to not drink no more Starbucks, you can give that Starbucks money right to the Lord. You can give God all your biscuit money. You can give God all of your soda money. You can give God all of your bacon money. You can give God all your chicken sandwich money. can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try but not only are you giving to the kingdom but you're giving to your own community can I say something that I hesitate to say when you go to a black church and you tie to a black church you keep the black dollar in the black community I'm gonna make everybody clap for that I'm sorry I know it's not reconciliationarily popular When you sow, when you give to a black church, when you are a black person and you give to a black church, you are helping to keep the black dollar in the black world. And I'm sorry, things are too bad for us to be naive around what is really going on in this thing called America. So I need you to give, I need you to sow, I need you to tithe, I need you to be faithful. One of the reasons why I haven't broken ground yet, and I almost hesitate to say this, is because I just, I wanna do this thing with a black bank. I'm sorry, I just wanna do it with a black bank. I'm so sorry. Y'all forgive me, Pastor Andy done lost his mind and gone totally pro-black. I just want us to do stuff with us. I'm sorry. I just want us to, I, I just want to work with us. I, I, listen, I, I had offers from other banks, but I'm, I'm just like, can we do something with ourselves? Can we 
Can we be us? Can we stop reverse racism? Can we actually be God's people? And being God's people, is it okay if that unites us together? Come on, let's pray before I get in more trouble. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you said to us today. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to fight. As Tyrus led us into praise and worship and warfare, that is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. We come together and we give you praise and we have a prayer life and we love you, Lord. And you hear our voice and you hear our cry. But God, also we sacrifice, we give to the work of the kingdom. We're looking to build a work worthy of your name. So have your way in us. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. That your name may be glorified. Multiply us in Jesus' name. We all sit together. God bless you as you give. As you give, just sit tight for just a second. These faithful gentlemen will pass the buckets. Gentlemen, if you want to wear a blue shirt, it's absolutely possible for you to wear one. We need your help. This is a men's church, and we want men to lead. And so men, please, you can volunteer. You can go to the front, go to the main lobby and say, hey, listen, I want to help. These, the same men shouldn't have to serve every single week. And so men, men, we want you to grab a shirt and stand a post and be seen. Our consecration is starting. This is January 4th, but it's actually the third. Okay, so today's the first. Tomorrow's the second. Some people are starting on Wednesday. I know it says Wednesday is the fourth, but who, whose idea was it for it to start on Wednesday? John Davis's. Y'all pray for my young son, John Davis. Okay, no, okay, third or fourth. I'm going to start on the third. I'm going to start on Tuesday. If you want to start on Wednesday, that's great. If you want to know what I'm doing, you can look it up online. I'm not going to tell everybody, but I am going to turn my plate down. Then we have morning of worship, January 15th. It's an incredible start to your day, and there's going to be praise and great music, and come and worship and invite a friend. And I also touch, all of this is in your bulletin. And then the, uh, February 1st, everybody say February 1st. Everybody say February 1st. If you serve, if you're a deacon, if you're an elder, if you're a leader, if you serve in any area of your ministry, if you're a member of World Overcomers in the room around the world, if you haven't been here since COVID, listen, that first Wednesday night, we are having a warfare prayer night, and it's going to be a vision night in which I'm going to share what's about to happen, where we're going, what's about to, what's about to take place. It will not be televised. So all of you in our area, all of the members, the thousands of you that watch through the stream, you won't be able to get that information unless you come to the room. I'm giving you a whole month to be ready for it. A month from now, set it aside. We're going to have special stuff for the kids and, and tutors and stuff and you're with your children. But we're going to come together and we're going to share. We're going to talk about where we are. We're going to talk about where we're going, and it's something I don't want the whole world to hear. Amen. 
It's for us. So if you're a member, if you're a visiting member, if you're a member who's always here, if you ain't formally joined yet, but this is where you go, you a member. Well, I didn't quite join, but I'm here every week. You a member. <laughs> Welcome to membership. Be here February 1st. Amen. Jump on your feet. Lord, thank you. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word that is a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. Thank you that the entrance of your word sheds light. And as we walk in the light, as you're in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for binding us together with cords that can't be broken. Thank you that you see our situation. Hear our cry, oh God. Attend unto our prayer. From the ends of the earth do we cry out to you. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Covers with your blood. Everyone in the room, everyone watching around the world, God, we pray as we always pray. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. For God, you're our rock, you're our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Give somebody a whole hug. See you next Sunday. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.